Domingo Herman just threw the 24th perfect game in MLB history. Is it time to bench Christian Javier? Join us today where we provide you with players that you should start or sit over the next few weeks on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, my better half, Matthew Anay. Yo, what's up? If you are listening on an app like Apple or Spotify, and you can give us a five-star rating and review. We would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. And if you're watching on the YouTubes and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes you to the channel. Also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and comment. But lastly, and most importantly, subscribe to us on the subtext website, where we provide a one-on-one texting experience where we answer all of your fantasy baseball questions and provide you with in-depth fantasy baseball analysis of a lot more stuff than uh, you could find just by listening to the podcast. But Matt, I will let you take this first guy, but I do need to say, uh, boy, oh boy, was Domingo Erman perfect. And I got to do a little spin for you for you guys, because tell me who else has a Domingo Erman jersey ready to go beside your boy. Matt, let me know. Can we see it? Can, can everyone see? Yeah, we could see the terrible Domingo jersey. Domingo action? Yeah. Yeah, we could see it. Okay. Okay. But yeah. who else? Who else do you guys know? Comment if you know anyone else that has a Domingo Erman jersey ready to go. But my brother, I, I feel like I've talked enough. Uh, take it away. Yeah, no problem. That's the one he also goes and plays softball in. Because um, it's going to be just like how I'm going to treat it for next week. Um, but let's talk about it. My guy went, you know, had a perfect game no, yesterday. That's the, that's the Jacoby Ellsbury one. Exactly. That's that's what I was wearing yesterday. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Domingo Herman had a really great game yesterday, a once in a lifetime kind of type game for him, you know, well done, but you know, let's talk about the fantasy implications, right? It doesn't change anything for me in terms of an outlook for Domingo Herman. I don't foresee me wanting to run out there and go, Adam, always turning the corner. No, he just was so locked in yesterday. He accomplished something unthinkable. And I don't think this is any any sign of him doing anything great for long-term purposes. So Domingo Armand is still going to be a streaming candidate. And one of the reasons we're talking about him, not only because he had the perfect game, but because he's on the top of everybody's forefront of their fa- uh, of their mind right now. And it's, oh, I should go out there and get him. No, it's, a, it's actually a hold. He's going up against Baltimore next week, and Dom will give you these advanced stats of why he probably could. But for me, I'm looking at a different perspective as – I can't really trust him. The last two starts have been absolutely atrocious. He only made it three innings and two. And both of those, he got absolutely lit up with a 21 ERA and a 31 ERA. Then had a few nice starts, but then had a five ERA. Then had a nice start, another nice start, and another nice start. But when he gets blown up, he gets blown the hell up. And on top of that, too, on the year, he's batting about, I mean, he has an ERA of 454 and a FIP of 486. So, you know, 
Herman's all surrounding um, stats aren't showing thing uh, showing good peripherals or good good future for for Herman. He's really just some games he's brilliant, and other games he's going to destroy your week in the pitching category for ERA. Like I just don't trust him overall. The one thing I can say is he's almost at a K per nine on the season. So like in a pinch, if you need to win the week. Going into the weekend, he's got a Saturday or Sunday start or a Friday start. He's somebody I'll roll out. But for next week, going up against Baltimore, I'm not starting him. So that's just where I'm at. And that's Domingo Armand. Yeah, um, just let me start by saying congratulations to Domingo Armand. As I mentioned, that's a once-in-a-lifetime you know, kind of start. There's only literally been 24 perfect games in MLB history out of, you know, um, I believe, tens of thousands of games. This baseball has been going on for, you know, 100 years plus at this point. So the fact that there's only been 24 perfect games, you know, says a lot. I know there's everyone in back, Philip Humber and guys like that, you know, that have thrown perfect games that aren't great. I know Domingo Ordinamon is not great, but what he did was great. So congratulations to him and the Yankees organization. But from a fantasy baseball perspective, you know, I, I hear why Matt's saying, yeah, let's not start him against Baltimore. But you know what? It's a two-start week for Amon next week. He gets uh, Baltimore on Monday, and then on Saturday he gets the Cubs. Cubs haven't been as good as they were at the beginning of the season. And with Baltimore, I'm going to just throw out some stats, you know, here and uh, just kind of maybe, you know, make my boy Domingo Armand sound a little bit more like a, a guy that you could grab to start for those two starts next week. Over the last seven days, uh, the Orioles are only hitting 241 as a team. They have five and five over their last 10 games. They only hit 253 against right-handed pitchers on the season. And uh, away from uh, Camden Yards, uh, they only hit 246, and they're playing Domingo Armand and the Yankees at Yankee Stadium next week. So I think Domingo Armand with those two starts next week, he's not a must-start candidate, but hey, you know what? As Matt mentioned, when Domingo Armand gets hit, he does get hit hard, and I think he got those out of the way. You know, I remember, I think it was Roger Clemens that said something along the lines, if you make 30 starts a year, there's going to be five starts where you're absolutely unhittable. There's going to be five starts where you don't have it at all. And then the other 20 starts are basically up to you as a pitcher to, you know, do what you can do. So, you know, I think Domingo Armand got at least two of those five starts out of the way where he absolutely won't have it, you know, and uh, I think he'll have better luck next week against, um, you know, the Orioles and the Cubs. But let's get into the nitty gritty here. The way that we're going to do this, guys, is we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of guys here up next that you – probably should be starting and then we got some really big names towards the bottom half of this episode that are you know um sick candidates we're going to kind of rock back and forth so we'll be sure to mention who was a start and who was a sick going forward but the next guy we're going to talk about is an absolutely must start and it's dylan cease because oh man dylan cease is just you know been back to his normal self He's doing pretty good. You know, I think we talked about him in one of our, you know, uh, must trade for episodes saying that, hey, you know what? Dylan Cease is turning a corner. You should probably go out there and trade for him. And guess what? Dylan Cease gets those Oakland Athletics, that Domingo Armand no hit uh, on July 1st, which is, I believe, upcoming this weekend. Uh, Dylan Cease last um, looks like at least five starts have been fantastic. Two of those being double digit uh, strikeout starts. One of those being a nine strikeout start. And that one was against Texas where he gave up. Uh, it looks like three runs or two runs over six innings, nine strikeouts, a one, one, seven whip. And the thing is, is if you haven't really fully been paying attention, you may be like, Oh, Cease's numbers on the season are bad with the four Oh four ERA one, two, nine whip. Uh, the K's are always great. That's what Dylan Cease does. But, you know, he's turning the corner here. Do I think he's going to be one of the top 10 pitchers the rest of the way? Probably not. But, hey, can he finish the year as like a top 25 pitcher if he keeps it rocking and rolling? Of course he can. So Dylan Cease, definitely a must start for me for at least the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cease is bouncing back, and hey, if you got him, great. If you didn't, it is what it is. But you know what? This start is going to be fun. Let's move on, Dom. You did a great job. Let's talk about Mr. Cattell Marte. Um, Marte has come out of nowhere and marked himself all the way into, you know, fantasy glory. I mean, this last month has just been absolutely ridiculous. 31 runs, eight home runs, 23 ribs, a stolen base batting 319 on the month. His overall numbers for the season are pretty nice with 60, 15, 44, 6, and 294. Marte looks like he's just primed to keep going, going up against the Angels who have been hit or miss into the weekend. I feel confident starting him. And you may say, oh, this may be a no-brain kind of type start. But honestly, if you look at Marte's past, you know, you really haven't felt great about him over the last couple of years, except for maybe the COVID year. So, like, Marte has just been this out-of-nowhere guy. And I'll give you a little extra kind of tippy-tip here. And honestly, if you can, I'd probably sell high on him because I don't think this is going to last. One of two things are going to happen. He's either going to cool the hell off or my guy is going to get hurt and join Alberto Montesi on the IL. So, you know, it's one of the two things. So with that being said, bro, that's all I got to say on Cattell Marte. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to give my, my Cattell Marte ran because I do have a good one here. But before I go ahead and do that, uh, I just want to inform you guys of who we have coming up next. We have probably one of the most least expected players for the Mets that we're going to talk about. We have a Minnesota Twins guy that Matt is not a fan of at all. And then we have that uh, Houston Astros starting pitcher that, you know, is one of my boys and I've been very disappointed in this season uh, coming up next. But before we do that, I have a great sponsor for you guys today, and it's FanDuel. Here at Locked On, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. There's no better place. Um, oh, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can wager on everything from... Okay, I did not edit this correctly. That is my fault, guys. Then you can wager on everything from home runs to strikeouts and much, much more. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get in on that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. And guys, most importantly, everydayers and new listeners, we've got super exciting news for you regarding our podcast. Matt and I are thrilled to introduce our new campaign on the subtext website, where we'll be offering a personalized and in-depth experience just for you. By subscribing to Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the subtext website and becoming a member of the exclusive Everydayers Diamond Club, you'll gain unlimited direct access to us through one-on-one texting conversations. As part of the Diamond Club, you'll receive instant alerts and expert opinions on prospect call-ups, injuries, and detailed waiver wire recommendations. But that's not all. We'll also be promptly answering all your fantasy baseball questions, and we're here to t- for you to talk baseball whenever you guys want. Subscribing to our subtext service will give you a significant advantage over your competition and greatly increase your chances of winning an everydayers championship. 
You can find the link to subscribe in the description of this video, podcast, and on our link tree, which is available in all of our social media bios. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Sign up now for a free 14-day trial with Matt and I by your side. We'll help you bring home that coveted everydayers championship. Join us on subtext today. But all right, guys, I got I got to give a Cattell Marte take here. So at this point, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening know that feeling. You have that one ex-girlfriend that kind of had your heart for a while and it was like the you know best moment of your life and you were totally in love, head over heels. And then she just totally scorned you, totally went out there, did some crazy stuff and it made you feel really bad about yourself and you were just done with it. I wanted nothing to do with her. You moved on. You found somebody else. And then you get that phone call like a Friday night when you're by yourself and it's hard. She's like, you know, speaking all those sweet little things in your ear and, you know, trying to build you up and you start to fall again. I think that's where I'm at with Cattell Marte. I think I just got that phone call from Cattell Marte and um, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm on the fence now. I'm, I'm wobbling back and forth. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm going to go for it. I'm not sure if I still hate him. But you know what, man? I have him in one of my leagues, and um, I'm seeing those numbers on the year, and they're starting to excite me. It's reminding me a little bit of that 2019 All-Star season from Cattell Marte. Do I think he has 32 home run power anymore? Probably not. But, hey, if he hits 22, 25 homers, if he gets you to 15 steals, he's a career 281 hitter. So if he gets you around that batting average, we all know that Diamondbacks lineup is a force with Corbin Carroll and all those other, you know, Christian Walker. They just have a pretty solid lineup going on over there these days. So I think the runs where he has 60 runs is legit. 44 RBIs is is legit. So Cattell Marte could be that guy. You know, I definitely think you need to keep starting him for now. Ride the wave, see where it goes. But as Matt said, if there, you know, if you can sell high on him, uh, absolutely go for it and, you know, take advantage. But second base is so bad right now that I kind of wouldn't mind running Cattell Marte out there for the rest of the season. I do think he could be a top 10 second baseman the rest of the way. But, Matt, I've talked a lot between the ads and, you know, um, you know, my little Cattell Marte rant here. Do you want to grab this next guy? Sure, absolutely. Let's yeah, talk sure. about the name I never thought we'd be talking about again, and that's Mr. Tommy Pham. Um, he's right up, right there up there with uh, Julio Terrayon. Um you know, <laughs> the names have forgotten past. It's like the ghost yes. of Christmas past here. And um, James Paxton this year, too. It's just where are, they, where are these guys coming from? I uh, know. It's just like, whoa, okay, let's bring back 2015 all over again. But um, Tommy Pham is making a little resurgence on the Mets. He's in a little hot streak right now. And he's going up against San Francisco over the weekend at home, which is good. And on top of that, you know, Logan Webb has already pitched yesterday, which is Wednesday for us, two days for, two days ago for you. So that means he's not going to see him this weekend, which is their best pitcher and their only pitcher, in my opinion. Logan Webb has taken a turn for ups and downs again. Deep Lascani is just there, and their fourth and fifth pitcher is just like, I don't know who the hell they are, so I don't care. Tommy Pham can continue this hot streak and roll out and keep doing his things because over the last week, the last two weeks, he has seven runs two bombs, eight ribs, three stolen bases, batting about 333, batting average off the waiver wire. And on top of that, I mean, not for nothing, he's a good start this week if you needed a little quick start. Uh, 17% owned. So, you know, this is somebody that's probably out there. So if yeah, you're looking um, for a streamer, it's all good, man. Yo, just just wait your turn. Just wait. Uh, <laughs> but last but not least, let me just get finished this up. Just, it's my internet, Matt. It was I know. Totally it's my a, internet. It's all good. It's all good. It took too long of a pause. 
But um, Tommy Fan pretty much is <laughs> going to um, have a good weekend, essentially. And if you are dealing with injury or just don't feel great about who you have to roll out there, your flex, might want to pick up Tommy Fan for the weekend and see where it takes you. Now you can go. Is, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> Next time, raise your hand, okay? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you, my brother. I got you. So with uh, Tommy Fan, Matt, that's a great breakdown. You know, his power and speed combo that he notoriously does is, you know, back on track this year. And Matt, I think he covered him pretty well. Good batting average. Uh, the counting stats are going to be good on that Mets team. Not really too much, I have to say. He is only 17% owned on Yahoo. So, you know, if you need a quick streamer, grab him. And uh, I think Tommy Fan is going to be at least all right for the next couple of weeks. So now we're going to move on to a few guys that are, you know, um, sits. And we'll mention everybody for you, that whether we think they're a sit or a start. But this next one um, is somebody I'm super disappointed in as well, and it's Carlos Correa. I mean, Carlos Correa has just been, you know, no other way to put it than, you know, pretty much garbage. He's been garbage this season, and that's not a trash can joke. But if you want to take it as a trash can joke, you could totally uh, do that. So I thought, you know, uh, Matt and I, one of the the things that Matt and I always say on this podcast is that when a guy goes to a new team, you know, they have to make adjustments not only for the team that they're going to, but life adjustments. Sometimes we forget these guys are human, you know, new house, got to move the family, you know, adjust to living in a new area, all these basic human things that we don't give them enough credit for. So I thought our rule was going to apply here to Correa, but it absolutely has not because, you know, he still has not fully adjusted and he's just playing like doo-doo. So over the last 30 days, Correa has 10 runs, five homers, 13 RBIs, 217 batting average. I totally think you could bench Carlos Correa for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, if there's we, – we've talked about a lot of great shortstops over the past, you know, month even. You know, Matt McClain, I'm starting over him. And Ezekiel Tovar, I'm starting over him. Any of these young uh, shortstops that have been, you know, tearing, uh, tearing the cover off the ball, I'm definitely starting over Correa. Honestly, he's almost getting to the point where it's a drop. I do think he will have a hot stretch at some point this season if he can stay on the field. But, you know, for the foreseeable future until, you know, he really starts locking back in, I think you bench Carlos Correa. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I I, I drop him at this point. I really, outside of the counting stats that he's been doing over the last two weeks, because everybody's like, oh, you're going to drop him. Dom says he's going to drop him. But look, his batting average is atrocious, and we all know these these stats aren't going to stick. Let's just be honest here. So, like... Correa is just an outright drop. He's not good anymore. He's pretty much a joke. That's why he couldn't even get a deal with the team that he already signed a deal with. They had to back out. Twice. And then another team. Yeah, exactly. Another Twice. team do the exact same thing. Go back and just say, okay, I'm going to sign my option, guys. I'm going to take your money because I suck. So that's pretty much Carlos Correa. But let's just move on here. I don't want to you know, keep going down the Correa rabbit hole. Um, let's move on. Um, I'm going to let you know what's going on up next. So we got a, we got a few guys for next week. A uh, bunch of pitcher matchups that whether we're going to start or sit them. And we got one last bat that's probably going to be a sit, and it's a huge disappointment this season. But until then, we're going to break. All right, and we're back. Thank you guys for bearing with us. Um, you know, hey, this is how we keep the show going. So um, let's move on here. Let's talk about Mr. Tim Anderson or Mr. Tim Disappointment. So Tim Anderson has had a season that we all didn't see coming. Um, for based off of one reason and only, one reason only. Usually he's Mr. Old Reliable. You know exactly what you're getting, right? You know, usually he'll get you a boatload of runs, a good amount of steals, hit for average. And, you know, that's pretty much just him for you in a, in a nutshell. 
But this year, he's batting about 227. He only has about eight stolen bases, has about 22 runs, and has about 11 uh, ribbies with zero home runs. He couldn't even chip in his nice little six that he had in last year. Like, Tim Anderson looks like, you know, doo-doo cocky. And it's just not looking great for Tim Anderson. Honestly, you know, he's still 64% owned. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, you know, feel okay about this. Just drop him. Don't even think about adding him. If after the All-Star break, he decides to turn it around, go ahead and pick him back up. Nobody is going to add this dude at all. So just, like, dump him. Move on. He's just taking up space on your roster. You don't need to have him. He's just an outright dump. And, you know, that's Tim Anderson for you. Yeah, Tim Anderson's been super, super banged up the last two years. And, you know, as Matt said, kind of one of the bigger disappointments in fantasy baseball because you thought he was good for at least helping you in four out of the five major hitting categories. And he hasn't done anything close to that. I honestly think he's still hurt. I think there's something wrong with him. You know, he's been out a little bit of recent, you know, he's kind of been sitting here and there. This year, I believe it was a knee issue for him, which you can kind of see if you can't really, you know, plant that knee properly when you're swinging the baseball bat. You know, you're not going to be really able to generate much power, hence the zero home run so far this year. And eight steals is, is pretty solid, you know what I mean? But he, there's so much more out there where, you know, yeah, I think I would, I would feel ready to drop Tim Anderson. I play in a few deep leagues where he's available and nobody has even made the move to try and add Tim Anderson at this point. So I, I think you could feel um, safe about dropping Tim Anderson right now. Let me move on to this next guy, and this one is even more disappointing than um, Tim Anderson to me, to be honest with you. And Carlos Correa, it's Christian Javier. And Christian Javier, man, um, numbers are starting to look kind of bad on the season. I think we talked about him recently and told you to buy low on him. I'm still an advocate of that. But I think for the foreseeable future, if he's on your team already right now, you got to bench him, especially next week. He's going up against those Texas Rangers that are, you know, arguably the best lineup in baseball. And he went up, went out against St. Louis in his last, um, you know, start, which was on June 28th. He gave up six runs, eight hits, a walk. He only had one strikeout over his last two starts combined. Christian Javier has only pitched 6.1 innings and has two strikeouts. That's combined over the last two starts. Last year, he was well over a K per nine. Uh, the ERA was great last year. The whip was great last year. The ERA this year is at a 3.72 already. So uh, it's not a drop Christian Javier. It's not a sell low on Javier. It's a bench him if he's on your team right now next week. Um, after that, you know, kind of let's see how the matchups go. Hopefully he can turn it on. He can find things. I know his velocity is down from last year. I think during the all-star break, you know, he's going to have to get in there with his pitching coaches and figure out what's going wrong here and really deep dive into, you know, what he has to do to correct himself and get back on the right track. But Christian Javier's whole career, he's been a very, very good starting pitcher. That doesn't just go away. So I don't think he's washed. And I, I really think that just, you know, uh, ride the wave here. Just, you know, you're going to have to ride the harsh part of this right now. But I think he rebounds um, coming into that second half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the rebound is inevitable. He's always been, well, he's always been good. He's just never been given the shot. He got like, you know, the, the, the uh, my Ada and Strider treatment. <laughs> they always kept him contained. Yeah. So let's see. I, I, I really, I'm not ready to give up on Javier. You know, you can probably hopefully go out there and get him for cheap, but let's move on here. Great, great take, Dom. So about Mr. Shane Bieber. Um, he has, he has a tough matchup and a nice matchup. Let's put it this way for next week. He's going up against Atlanta. Not really happy about that, especially with the way he's been pitching. 
And then he's going up against Kansas City, who has just not been hot. And it's the same aspect they had with, uh, what was it, Braxton Garrett, I said, to go start him against because it's going to be the same ordeal. They're just not, they're not, there's nobody in that lineup but Bobby Witt right now, unless Perez gets hot between now and then, which, I mean, anything's possible. I still think Perez is going to bounce back. I just don't know when. But if he's still not performing, MJ Valendez can't, can't put a bat to a ball. He's like Ray Charles out there trying to swing the bat. Um, you know, it's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, I love the delayed laugh. It's, it's great. Um, so anyway, that was good. That, thank, that you. Was, that was hilarious. thank you. But um, anyway, Shane Bieber, at, um, 100%. I think if you're in a weekly league, I consider if you have a better option, that's somebody that you picked up. That's probably performing better, has better matchups. If not, you're probably in a position where you just have to start him. Um, at least he's having two starts next weekend, next week. So like you probably could sit him against um, Atlanta and then roll him out. But at the same time, a couple of weeks ago, he went out and performed against Houston. So like it's a catch 22. Do you miss out on the start and just say, okay, let him blow up on my bench or let him have a great, but rather see him have a great game on my bench than blow up in my lineup, uh, especially early in the week. So that's kind of how you got to really just judge the situation for me. I'm sitting him against Atlanta right now. And other news, I would say that, I would try and trade trade for Shane Bieber. I think that he's going to have a really nice bounce back and eventually be matchup proof. Uh, I I mean, the kid's been doing it for what, three years now. I mean, there's no reason that he shouldn't be bouncing back. I don't think anything's different other than the fact that maybe he's just anticipating getting traded because that's what all sides are pointing to, especially with the way they're calling up their arms this year. So that's another incentive to go out and get him now because him on another team that actually is competing, the skies are the limit with Shane Bieber. So, you know, definitely take a look at Shane Bieber for a trade. And honestly, you know, sit him against Atlanta, in my opinion, and definitely start him against Kansas City. You can go now, Dom. Yeah, I agree with you on about 90, 90%. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I'm trading for Shane Bieber. You know, I mean, he he we do know he's a good pitcher, but there's a lot of underlying things with Bieber that, you know, over the last few years that, you know, haven't really looked great as far as, you know, velocity and, you know, things like that. Uh, the FIP this year specifically, fielding independent pitching, if you're not familiar with that statistic, it's an ERA indicator, kind of gives you an idea where the ERA should be versus where it currently is. He's about half a run higher on the FIP than the ERA, and the ERA is 369, so the FIP is at a 413. The whip itself is a 123 this year. The strikeouts, uh, K per nine is way under a K per nine at 77 strikeouts versus 100 innings pitched. He just hasn't looked like his old self, and I think you know those underlying things are finally starting to catch up with him. Uh, over his last three starts, two of them have been very bad. As Matt mentioned, the one against KC last time out was very good. So if you play in like a weekly league or a points league, yeah, I'll probably run Shane Bieber out next week. But if you play in a daily league where you could, you know, change your guys in and out daily, I'd probably bench him against Atlanta. Then I'll put him back in against Kansas City because he already showed he could dominate against Kansas City. But he has been getting hit hard against some of these good teams like Arizona, like Milwaukee, like Baltimore. Uh, the White Sox, you know, hit him up a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I don't trust Shane Bieber against these good teams. He's kind of like a matchup kind of play for me these days. So that's uh, my thoughts on Shane Bieber. But to move on to this last guy, somebody that has just returned from the IL, it's Kenta Maeda. And, you know, 
the thing is, is that some people might be looking at his, you know, year-long stats and see that 6-2-3 ERA, that 1-4-6 weapon, be like, oh, my God, Kenta Maeda, he's horrible. But Kenta Maeda gets those same Kansas City Royals next weekend. You know, Matt kind of gave you the lowdown on them already. If it's not Bobby Witt or Salvador Perez, the rest of that lineup is, you know, kind of like almost a triple-A lineup at this point. So I think Maeda, you know, he's only 32% owned on, in, on Yahoo. I think you could actually feel free to go out there and grab Kenta Maeda and see where this train goes, but I'm definitely starting Kenta Maeda next week against Kansas City for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the same reasons I talk about rolling out Shane Bieber against Kansas City is the same reason Maeda can do it. I think he's getting them on, if I had to take a guess, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, whenever the 4th of July is, that's when he's scheduled to start. Tu- I don't know what day that is, though. Tuesday. So that's good, actually, because gotcha. he probably... I think he's going to get a second start then, so he may be a two-star pitcher. Rolling yeah, up against, see. I could rolling up against probably the Orioles on Saturday or Sunday. Um, yeah, Sunday. So, you know, Ooh, wait, hold oh, on. No. no, they're skipping. Yeah, one, two, three, four. No, yeah, because the thing is, is um, they don't play on the sixth, so right. it will only be four games to before the All Star break. So he won't start again um, until uh, after the All Star break. It looks okay. Like. So yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I didn't have that up in front of me. Sorry, guys. But um, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, uh, Ken Maeda. I mean, is definitely a start for next week. Um, honestly, like in, in a weekly league where you have to make a decision, I think that start is going to be worth enough to start him over some fantasy assets. That matchup is almost too juicy to pass up on. So Maeda is a must start. Um, hopefully I didn't repeat anything Dom said, but anyway, Dom, take it away, sir. Yeah, guys. Um, once again, before we wrap up, I just have to say this because, you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, shout out to Domingo Armand. That was just one of, I, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I did see the tail end of it and it was just super impressive. Uh, shout out to Domingo on that perfect game. But guys, that is all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And to our everydayers and new listeners, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And once again, lastly, but most importantly, subscribe to us on tub- Subtext. If you want to get right away alerts when, a, when uh, one of these top prospects go- get called up, if you need takes on injuries, uh, extra waiver wire guys, even if you just want to talk to uh, Matt and myself about how your fantasy baseball team looks, if you guys just want to talk about baseball, if you want to talk about the all-star starters, you want to talk about the home run derby, anything, subscribe to us on subtext you can find that link in all of our social media bios and attached to this podcast video or wherever you're listening to us but guys once again uh may, oh, make sure you tune in for a new episode on monday where we give you the best must add wave wire players from the weekend but now that is officially all until then so folks see you peace mike rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but 
If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 